So today, Kim, uh, I am looking forward to learning from you. Great. As, just today? I learn from you every episode. Good way to adjust. Way to adjust. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> You can uh, see the train coming and you were like, I think I'll get off the tracks, I guess, this time. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so last last episode, we talked about abolishing the Senate. Mm-hmm. That was the question. Should we abolish the Senate? There are problems with it. It is a clot in the artery of our democratic republic. Should we just get rid of it? Um, we decided no, but there are a lot of things to fix. That's cool. But then we also had talked about previously, like you brought up, in addition to should we abolish the Senate is the question, should we abolish the Supreme Court? Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious to know what the purpose of the Supreme Court is. Give me a little <laughs> bit of a civics lesson. Aren't we all? <laughs> right. Um, okay. Should we abolish it? Like, let's let's have this out. So are you ready to uh, educate me? It's a moment I was born for, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into this, talking about the Supreme Court, where we are today. How do we get here? Why does it suck? And how can we fix it? You ready for this? Yep. And so can for all four of our listeners, maybe this week we have five. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, I'm looking forward to this session because I want to learn how the hell can we fix the Supreme Court? Now, first of all, like the, I, I, I saw over the last few years, especially in the last year after the, the 2020 election, mm-hmm. legitimate election, by the way, just so we're mm-hmm. clear. Um, the idea <laughs> that President Biden is going to pack the Supreme Court, expand it and pack it and get his way. Um, it hasn't happened. He hasn't only. even talked about it, honestly. Um, but if only. <laughs> but I, but I am curious though. We're at nine justices. Mm-hmm. It's always been that way, right? No. Really? It uh, you know expands, contracts, expands, contracts. Nine is not set in stone. Now the reason that we have nine is because there are nine districts in Amer- or there were nine districts in America. So okay. that nine justices does make sense. And it's nice to be on an odd number so that there's no ties. Um, But also, by the way, why I work from home. No ties, but there are 13 districts. So why not 13 justices? I mean, that makes sense, actually. So I never even thought about the districts. Okay. Yeah. I want to be really clear that like, Kind of mean either. I mean, I didn't. I I thought about the districts in the way that I thought about things like um, the vaccine mandate and and all these different cases. I've thought about the districts, but not in terms of the Supreme Court. So so let me back up a little bit and uh, tell you what has me thinking about the useful or lessness of the Supreme Court, which is a quote from my new favorite. Justice, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who should like, I feel silly that only within the last couple of years, I mean, only within the last couple of years has she really been given the space to like be highlighted because um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is no longer with us. And she was kind of the powerhouse of the court, little petite powerhouse. And now we have Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who is like incredible. And as they're talking about what may end up being Roe v. Wade being abolished, what will likely be Roe v. Wade being abolished. Um, Her quote is this, will this institution survive the stench that this creates in the public perception that the constitution and its reading are just political acts? I don't know how that's possible. Mm. And it kind of kickstarted for me a conversation and a a little bit of like a, um, 
thought experiment kind of of what what's going on with the Supreme Court? <laughs> what are we going to do about this guy? <laughs> it has an incredibly outsized amount of power for what it is, which is currently nine justices appointed but not elected. And they can overturn laws and overturn things in the Constitution. And it's they're supposed to be non-political, but they are appointed by a president who was elected. And more often than not, I mean, the reason that they are appointed is because of their political beliefs and their political stance. So obviously I made notes in this book that I'm reading <laughs> of things to tell you about how I'm writing. I'm right. So what, what you're saying is we're actually preparing this season. Yeah, we are. In, in reading books like we talk about. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to read books this year. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> I don't no, no. understand. I, I'm going to read books this year. It's so, going to be really impressive to me. <laughs> so real quick, let's go back to districts real quick. When you say there were nine districts, so we had nine justices, does that mean that each justice is supposed to represent a district or is that just like how that works? That's just how it works. Okay. And has that mirrored that over the years a little bit here and there? And we're just not there right now for some reason? No. Okay. No. Okay. I mean, recently there were, there were eight justices for an extended period of time. And that was because Antony Scalia died and Mitch McConnell said, we are not filling the seat because we're like eight months away from an election. Yeah. Yeah. But then... And no reason other than the the voters should choose the president and that president will choose the new the Supreme Court justice. Now, the voters did choose a president, but because we have an electoral college and a popular vote, that means that the person that didn't win the popular vote. In fact, I'm going to read you an article uh, quote Uh, This is from an article called The Case for Ending the Supreme Court as We Know It. And it points out that Trump lost a popular election by millions of voters and was impeached twice in the House of Representatives, still got to pick three Supreme Court justices for lifetime appointments. Mm. Three, because Antony Scalia died. Mitch McConnell said, we're going to hold up in the seat because the voters get to choose because we're so close to an election that the primaries haven't even started yet. But then... When Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, weeks from an election, immediately was filled by the opposite of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in height and everything. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, very small. Small but mighty. Small but mighty. Dynamite. Dynamite comes in small packages. That's nice. A petite powerhouse. That's how I describe her and Richard Wilson. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I also was reading a book called Supreme Inequality by Adam Cohen. And um, in it, he talks about how this court that we have is basically the Nixon court. This is a Republicans court. So first of all, this is a political branch of the government. Mm -hmm. These justices, it's all politics. But um, he's talking about the court and he says, uh, you know, 
the Warren era. So each court is defined like the era. The court is defined by who the um, chief justice is. So Chief Justice Warren brought in by LBJ gave us, you know, Brown versus Board of Education and a lot of landmark cases. So people will point to the Warren court and say, like, look at we need the court because look at all these landmark things that they did. Um, they did a couple. <laughs> OK, there <laughs> if you're if we're looking at like, you know, justice versus not justice, maybe they've done like a few, it's pretty not balanced. Um, but after the Warren court was over, it was Nixon's term to decide who was going to be on the bench. LBJ had pr- tried to put somebody on the bench and it didn't shoot elevate them to chief justice that was already on the bench and it didn't work out uh then nixon got there and he was like it's my court now while he was waiting for a vacancy instead of just these are lifetime appointments so you can retire or you can retire from life uh, but you're there until you decide to do one or the other um so you kind of as president in theory just wait for a vacancy unless you're nixon who decided to create a vacancy by targeting a chief uh targeting justice fortas who was not able to get up to the chief justice position uh because the senate said no to him so he targeted him investigated the liberal justice and even though they found that he had not broken any rules he was so targeted by the president of the united states that he got threatened basically into resigning and nixon created an opening that way so the Supreme wow. Court gets messed with all the time. Look at Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Who, I mean, this is like a complete conspiracy theory that I absolutely buy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Justice Kennedy retired very early. And then Brett Kavanaugh, who was in a lot of debt, it's like yacht club fees and also student loans, all this kind of stuff, suddenly was out of debt. And on the Supreme Court. Mm. And he's a bad man. I mean, there's there's something to be said about follow the money, right? Like that is yep. that is real. That is real. Yeah. I, I I get I get a little uncomfortable talking conspiracy theories because of Me where too. we are today. Me too. And you go back and listen to our previous episode uh last season about conspiracy theories and how harmful they are because it gets a little bit wonky nowadays. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But also, like, follow the money. I mean, yeah. when that kind of thing happens, there has to be some suspicion behind that. So there should be an investigation. Yeah. If there's an investigation and it comes up nothing, then okay, great. Then that's yeah. that's good. <laughs> I would love to not be suspicious <laughs> of yeah. somebody sitting on the Supreme Court. It just it baffles me that they are lifetime appointments. Like, let's just go back to that. Why the why the hell? Uh, yeah, it's not it's not voted on. By the people mm-hmm. it's it's a it's an appointment and it's not a term limit it's lifetime mm-hmm. How, what what is the benefit to, to, to those two things at all there's no benefit well the benefit was supposed to be they're not looking for a re-election now when you have somebody that's constantly running for re-election that is a problem yes but like i don't know so i'm gonna throw out a couple proposals to you you let me know what you think okay okay um first we have Pete Buttigieg's proposal for reinventing the Supreme Court when he was running for president. What he wanted to do was expand the number of justices from nine to 15. Five affiliated with the Democrats, five affiliated with Republicans, 
and five justices appointed by those 10. Okay. How does that, how do we even get to that point? Like the Republican party and the democratic party appoint their five each. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they just, they just can appoint whoever they want. Yeah. Like basically there's no like confirmations then. It would, they would have to be confirmed. Okay. So it's so number one, getting to that point of just having those 10 would take years because th those would, that would just take forever. Right. Okay. And then those well, 10. No, let me no because um, turnabout is fair play. Mm -hmm. So the Republicans and the Democrats kind of have to be fair about it because they each need their side to get their five through. Sure. It's kind of like seating a jury, right? <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. The defense and the prosecution have to eventually kind of go good enough. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can get behind that one, I guess. And then those 10 decide on the next five. Now, at any point, someone on that court can retire or mm -hmm. will, will pass away, whatever. And then they have to go through that again some way. Only for right? like that one that retired. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah. like you have your 15. We, we go through this for a year, whatever it is. We have our 15. And now as the years go on, years go on, now somebody retires or dies. If it's one of the five outside, the 10 have to make the thing happen. Mm -hmm. If it's one of the other two fives, that party has to do it. What about the parties that are represented in those? What about the libertarian, the green, the independents, whoever? Well, right now, those people don't have the power in the Senate. They're not senators. Sure. I mean, isn't Bernie Sanders a senator? He's an independent, technically. Yeah, but he's, yeah, but he is an independent, but also a Democrat when he feels like it. Right, right, right. So. Well, yeah, that's all. Depends yeah. on the day. So yeah. uh, for him, it would depend on the day. Um, the, the thing is, like, you would have, it's not like all, you have to have all the Democrats and all the Republicans. And so Bernie Sanders is an independent, gets no voice in this whatsoever. It, the Senate vo votes on it. So in theory, my, he didn't, um, spoiler alert, win the bid for president. So we don't really know the nuts and bolts of his thought process, but my hunch would be that there would be as, as there is, um, there would be a, like a committee that would just focus on this and they would be the ones that would put up the Republicans and put up the Democrats and then it would go to the Senate. And yeah. so everybody would have to vote and Bernie Sanders as an independent would maybe be asked to be a part of it, maybe would not be asked to be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. It just feels very like I, I have a problem with the two party system. I don't necessarily want 10 parties, but this two party stagnation is complete and utter bullshit and extremely frustrating. I agree. Maybe we can talk about that in another episode too, because here's yeah. the thing though. I, I agree with you completely. But until we abolish the electoral college, we have to dance with the democracy we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. So that's one, one thought of a We can make Supreme believe Court. getting rid of the Supreme Court, but we can't make believe so far <laughs> that suddenly like, Green Party people are senators. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So that's, that's one proposal. Okay. 15. Yeah. Five, five, and five. Interesting. Yeah. And would it still um, be life lifetime? I wonder. I he wants to do term limits. 
And term limits are something that a lot of people have talked about. And they're talking about 18 years. Staggered 18-year term limits. I think that that's fine. How many years in a generation? It depends on who's defining generations. Usually about 20 years. Okay. So, you know, that that's about right. You know, yeah. there's change happens in those 18 right. years. Yeah. We had no computers and now we have, you know, the technology that took us to the moon is in our, more technologies in our pocket than took us to the moon. Yeah. And so it's, 18 and, years, that's fine. And that's also a good, like, experienced human. I mean, we, we need that too. Like when you, on our last episode, you talked about how the house of representatives is often seen as like no experience, young people, you know, so that can be some really good stuff, ideas, (laughs) passion. No, I'm serious. I think think you're, yes, yes, you're right. I'm just thinking about like calling Nancy Pelosi young. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, she's an experienced, she's a, she is the boss of the house. She's yes, that's fair. Those, those people exist also, but typically mm-hmm. that's where the inexperienced people go. You tend to have the more experienced people in the Senate, but then like you get to the Supreme court and you want somebody with wisdom and life experience and patience and all these things. You're like, okay, that they move even slower typically. So 18 years probably makes sense. Like, yeah, like, but then anything past that and you're just like, it's time, it's time to move on. It also is nice because it right now the name of the game is like get win the presidency, find out if you're a Republican, um, which people that could be a justice that want to take away a woman's right to choose and then get them seated immediately and make them (laughs) as young as possible. Amy Coney Barrett, very young. Brett Kavanaugh, very young. You know, they're they're trying to get like young people in there. Yeah. So I think having an 18-year term limit says like, hey, you know, let's get it to somebody who's like not 15. Right. Um, who's What's, a little bit older and has that, like you said, that life experience. And you talk about women's rights and obviously Roe v. Wade is something we're, we're huge eyes on this year. Um, more, not more so, but in addition to that discussion is the idea that all of these justices that are working to abolish Roe v. Wade are the same ones who are working to, they are very much business corporate friendly. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, it's not about the people, it's not about no. the workers. It's not about us middle-class. It's all about corporations, not even necessarily like just small entrepreneurs. This is about corporations. The Supreme the court numbers. almost always in the majority of their rulings will rule for corporations and big money folks yeah. and against, yeah. you know, that's why Lily, that's why Lily Ledbetter has is an act and not a ruling because she was originally ruled against in the Supreme court. Mm-hmm. And the reason that she was ruled against is because she didn't know that there was a difference between her earnings and someone else's earnings in like enough time. Goodyear, you know, according to the law, you had to know how much someone else was making within like 90 days or something insane. And she didn't know, but she filed her equal pay lawsuit the second she found out, but it was still statute of limitations had already gone. The Supreme Court rules in favor almost always of money. So that's one solution. Mm -hmm. What else? How else can we fix the Supreme Court? Because I don't like... 
I, I think we're probably in the same position as we were on the last episode about should we abolish this entity? No. Right. But there needs to be a discussion about how this evolves to better serve our country, this wonderful country that we love, and not just one small fraction of our country. Yeah. We should want to fair? do better. Absolutely. Okay. So we're not going to um, abolish SCOTUS. We'll see. Let me see how I feel at the end of this. <laughs> Um, the other option is something called the dialogic approach, dialogic process. The dial, the, so since like the middle of the 20th century or so. Is that um, like dystopian? We're no, We're talking about a better. zombie apocalypse here. It's better. Oh, better than a zombie apocalypse. Are you kidding me? Dystopia is amazing. So dialogic, what does that mean? What are we doing here? <laughs> Zombies are not real. Okay. Uh, since the late 20th century, this dialogic process that I'm going to call out to you right now is something that more countries, as they, they develop their own constitutions, are moving towards. So where something that should give us pause is that where we used to be kind of the standard that newer countries that or newer democracies and newer democratic republics would look to and design their constitution and their courts around. Now people are starting to say, well, let's do the opposite of that. Unless you're the Nazis. And then you're like, let's do what America did, <laughs> which should also have given us pause. That's <laughs> nah, fine. It's fine. Um, so um, countries that are creating their constitutions are moving away from our current Supreme Court process and looking into the dialogic process. And what happens here is that a legislature passes a law then it goes to, then it can go to the supreme court the supreme court debates it and gives their opinion on it but the legislature still has a chance to say i hear you we're going to go through it anyway so it becomes a conversation hmm. so the way that this could play out in america is the legislature says we want to just because this is what's in the courts right now uh we want to protect uh, reproductive rights. If you have a uterus, we want you to be able to have access to an abortion. Um, the legislature attempts to pass this. It goes to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says, because they are stacked by Republicans, it is a conservative court, even though it's not meant to be political. It is absolutely political. They are going to say no abortions. <laughs> Don't even think about the word. We're actually removing the word. <laughs> if yeah. you can't see it, it's not there. Um, then it goes back to the legislature, which says, thank you for your opinion. Now that we have your information, we're going to vote again. And um, we're going to vote to keep. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this bothering you? Is this boring? I'm going to send you a video about why yawning actually means that I'm paying closer attention. Oh, interesting. I thought it, it was yawning right. shows that you're not a threat. Oh, you have empathy. That might be that too. No, when you yawn back, it shows your empathy. So does like, I wonder, so then how does that play into the future? So let's say, so let's chase this thread. You, the, the legislature does this court says, here's our opinion. They say, okay, we're going to go ahead and pass it anyway. It goes through. And then the States like Texas says, tough shit. We're going to go ahead and outlaw this. And it goes to the Supreme court. And they say, see, we told you, and we're going to strike it. Like, that I don't know. <laughs> I, I wonder how that, because if there's already an opinion 
on record and the court because says in this in in this scenario the supreme court would not be able to be able to overturn a law oh okay okay so they their power is reduced to this dialogue rather than saying yep we're gonna go ahead and do our thing it's just more of a so then how do you appeal against laws like once a law is a law right now we could take it to the courts the appeals courts we can do this we can and we can get it taken all all the way to the supreme court in this new world if the supreme court doesn't have that that function how how do we appeal to to somebody governmental body to say this law isn't just it's like well too bad the supreme court said this but we went ahead and passed it anyway like i mean do you see do you see a, a danger question. there yeah yeah oh I, for sure yeah but i i think i see more of a danger in nine justices appointed not elected and having all of the power based on their own personal ideals yes yeah i mean i, I this is definitely a problem both ways i do think it's really interesting like if you could take these these two options and combine them say okay we're gonna have more justices and because it just is political because everything we do is political every literally everything is politics mm-hmm. and all about our rights in some way we're gonna we're gonna have the court be made up of some political parties and then also they're gonna have to agree on the other five that that's interesting yeah i agree and then we also make it so that it's a dialogue so that the legislature, the, the House representatives writes the law, goes to the Senate, they make their tweaks, sends it back, they make their tweaks, goes to the Supreme Court. Laws take a little bit longer, maybe. Okay. But now we have laws like on- this. So you, these big laws take longer. Right. Laws like seatbelts, I would imagine, wouldn't go to the Supreme Court. So, but maybe, I mean, that if like a federal seatbelt law might impede on states rights if each state wants to give their own law on that that's a a day-to-day law or whatever like i don't know i mean i can see things maybe they all have to funnel to the supreme court but that would really really slow things down maybe there's levels yeah i don't know but then it goes back and they and they give their opinion it's on record and if the law still goes through and they said we don't agree with it at that point you can appeal to them because their their opinion is out there but if they agreed with it you're kind of like well Oh, well, but then do, do, do lower courts have power? Yeah, there's got to be something there. Yeah, so, okay, let's play this out, because I like this. You have 13 justices, four Democrats, four Republicans, five chosen by both of the parties. Um, they Biden wants to enforce a vaccine mandate. The states say no. It's going to go all the way up to the Supreme Court. Now, that's a... That's, you know, whatever. Okay, so it's going all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says um, he can't have a mandate. Then it goes, that's our opinion. Then it goes, or he can have a mandate. He absolutely can do it. So then it goes back down to the legislatures. They pass it. They can have a mandate. Then somebody decides, um, no, this is infringing on my rights. So then they take it to the lower courts. The lower courts change their opinion. And then it goes back up to the Supreme Court. So you would have to include the lower courts in it in the way that you do now. Right. I think 
there would have to be some rules on how this doesn't slow down our entire law making. But I also think when it comes to things like marrying who you love, um, not being um, targeted and harassed for being not white in this country, when it comes to the language that we use when it comes to the way that our education system is built, when it comes to our right to have our voice heard in an election, I'm fine with things taking just a little bit more time and being a little bit more thought out. Yeah. What I'm not fine with is these justices saying, you know, if we can get rid of like section four B math in the voting rights act, no one's even going to notice And the next day we're going to pass marriage equality act. So no one's going to be paying attention to the math part that we took out. And then later, we can really screw them on the voting. That's what I'm not fine with. Yeah. This long game to take away our rights. So definitely a lot of work to be done. And, and term limits. So in this like world that we're creating, yeah. it's a combination of all three. This dialogic process plus the four, four, and five plus term limits. Staggered plus term five, limits. five, and five. I know, but I 13 for the districts, district okay. courts. Okay. Uh, either way, just changes. I mean, just it has to, to tweak, be. tweak Pete Buttigieg a little bit. <laughs> don't don't, don't <laughs> tweak Mayor Pete. Uh, yeah, interesting. And I, and I think the important thing here is that there needs to be a dialogue, uh, dialogic dialogue, right? Um, <laughs> there needs to be a dialogue truly on like, okay, what is the purpose of our three branches of government go back to that because we can't have presidents that just write a bunch of executive orders and call them laws. That's no. not how our country's supposed to work. S some, and it's, and it's been since the first president since George Washington, he had his own executive orders. This is not mm -hmm. new, but we keep having more and more and more. And it kind of gets forced into that, right? A little bit. Right. Because well, the Senate, if the Senate, like we talked about last week, the Senate isn't working. So then if they're not going to pass anything, but the people are asking for things to be passed, like, for example, student debt. Right. If we can say that's good for the economy, for student debt to go away, it's good for the economy, for women to be paid equal to men. All of this is good. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It doesn't. You, billionaires can still be billionaires. Mm -hmm. You can still go to high sky, <laughs> but you know, we're going to let people fake ass astronauts, fake ass astronauts. We're going to let people have a little bit of room to like relax and not be, you know, working three jobs and burning the candle at every single end. Um, just to make ends barely meet, we're, you know, we're, we're not a little to quote Sophia Bush. We're not talking about a livable wage. We'd be talking about a thrivable wage. Right. If we can do that, that's good for the country. So an executive order. Let's do it. Right. But if we go back to what our government is supposed to be. And how it's supposed to work together for the good of the people, not just for the good of a few. And, and which includes talking about the Supreme Court. And why it has stagnated, why it is this archaic thing? And then I think too, like on on for the progressive side of us to be able to listen to what would be 
the the ramifications of it? What are the consequences of changing this? And let's talk about that and let's figure out what those might be. And so if you're listening, like, well, hey, wait, but if we change this, this is what could happen. Let's talk about what could happen, right? Bring yeah. up those consequences. I, I don't think it's just an easy answer, but having this dialogue is really important. And that's what I see in in in, in my America is that we've lost that chance to dialogue. We've lost that passion for politics to talk about the betterment of our entire country, not just a few. Mm-hmm. Let's have these discussions without calling people names. Let's have grace for each other. Let's understand and yes. listen and do some reading of books, not watching of YouTube videos or that listening. Sounds only. so boring. <laughs> we can't only listen to podcasts. Keep listening. I mean, you know, but also do some reading. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, there's listen, there's <laughs> links in the show notes to do your reading. The, the book nice. that you're reading, let's link to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the articles that you're looking at, let's link to those. Do some actual reading, folks. Um, and then have this discussion. Have this dialogue. How can we make this work? Because right now, it ain't working. I mean, oh. it's working. It's working for those who built it. Mm-hmm. But it's not working for everybody else. Yeah. So there you go. Kim, uh, great discussion. Any other final thoughts on the SCOTUS? Yes. I think um, SCOTUS, just like the Senate, you live to serve another day. Um, you're welcome. Brett Kavanaugh, um, you have to go. I don't like your attitude. Um, I just don't, I don't enjoy it. Um, so you're out. I'm not, it has nothing to do with the money. I want to follow the money, but you have to go. Amy Comey Barrett, you have to go because I don't like that people are trying to pretend like you're similar to AOC by using your three initials. I just don't like that vibe and i think that you're super into it so you have to go also um if you're i'm not gonna call anybody out but if you're a democrat if you're a liberal justice in your 80s and you're listening to this um i i think you should be proud of the legacy that you've left and perhaps think about the things that you want to do with the rest of your life and retire yeah. Justice Breyer. <laughs> yeah. That could have been. You a don't good... have to th- listen. I know that we do this to people in this country, but you don't have to work until you're dead. You can retire. There are things like sunsets and balloon parades and boats. Um, Joey Manchie has a lovely boat that you could pop- probably go on. I think you would enjoy <laughs> he'll <probably> retirement. <laughs> he's, uh, he'll take he's, there, he's there. So it's fine. <laughs> he's there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, see Europe. <laughs> Go on a safari. In Europe? God, no, do do both those things because you're oh, retired. Okay. You have time. Okay. Take some speaking engagements. Make money that way. You'll be yeah. fine. Retire. Write retire. Write a, book. Write a book. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a good speech for uh RGB I know. back back when Obama was in office. Like, you know, like look, <laughs> she she was amazing. I admire like so much admiration for that human. Mm-hmm. And also, thanks a lot. It's like, it's really yeah. hard because obviously, like, I am a very big admirer of her um, as a woman, um, as just a, a workhorse, as a nerd. <laughs> as, um, and and she gave us some of the most important dissents that we might not have gotten. And those dissents are very important. They are an important part of the process as well. 
Um, but it is one of the hardest things to reconcile to know that like she had this incredible legacy and also has a different type of legacy that is just very frustrating. And oh, you know what it is? It's a lesson in remembering that um, we don't need our political, the people, you know, um, heroes is like such a tough thing. Yeah. You know, people that we look up to politically or even just in our lives, they don't need to be perfect to still. Yeah look up to them and respect them and name your cat after them. Humans are messy. Humans are very messy. Yeah. Cats, not as much. They use litter boxes, but humans are messy. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, yeah, they're not perfect. Yeah. She should have retired. Damn it. She should have retired. Cause now I here know. we are. Um, but you know, who knows? Like could, could Obama have gotten another justice through when she retired? Who truly, who knows? Maybe if she had retired at the very beginning of his presidency, or and, the beginning you know, of his second term, at least. I don't know at his right? second term that it would have happened. I mean, three years, we couldn't have gone three years not seating a justice. Eight months is a stretch to begin with. Like McConnell's bullshit. But on somebody that one. as like liberal as we would have wanted, as young as we would have wanted, all that. I don't know that we could have gotten what we wanted. No. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there you go. That's that's SCOTUS. Your justices, you're welcome. You're not kicked out yet. I no, I kicked a couple of them out. But you might be replaced soon by the four, four, and five. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the education. That was that was a lot of fun. That was that was very, very interesting. Fun. Um, if you're listening and you want to get in on this, my America Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dan Moyle on all the socials. Uh, and what's your what's your social handle? Well, obviously, as I always have been, and as I always will be, I am at. There are 292 days to the midterm elections. If you're listening to it on the day it came out, if you're not listening to this on the day it came out, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But there are less than 292 days. There's less than that to get registered to vote. There are less than that for your primary. There's less than that for early voting. There's less than that for my eventual meltdown. There's less than that. It's nothing. It's good. Um, um, Your vote in a midterm election is incredibly important and actually has outsized power because fewer people vote in midterm elections. So um, please go vote, register to vote. Make sure your registration is accurate. I am at Kim Moffitt on Instagram and Twitter. Very happy to answer all of your voting questions. Uh, at Kim Moffitt is here on TikTok if you want to see what it looks like when I have a complete meltdown. There you Those go. Those are really long handles. I know. The, all the companies think I'm such an asset to be on their platforms that they give me like... Unlimited? Yeah. 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 Or it, it can all be shortened and just at Kim Moffitt or at Kim Moffitt is here. So look for yeah. one of those. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and we are again at my America pod. So hit us up. Tell us what you think about the, uh, the changes we have proposed on the backs of those who have proposed before us because it wasn't <laughs> our original ideas. So there you go. We'll take credit. My America is a production of the storytellers network. This show is written and produced by Kim Moffat and Dan Moyle. Kim takes care of editing and graphics while Dan helps with episode production on the web. Both Dan and Kim run social media. For more information on the show, including past episodes, visit thestorytellersnetwork.com slash myamerica. Great job, Dan.